pros do it right by relying on trusted brands because your reputation depends on it. Lowe's is here to help by having more of those brands in stock like DeWalt. So when you need a DeWalt tool fast, you know where to go and where to save. Because we stock the largest in-store selection of DeWalt power tools and accessories of any national retailer. And now you can save $100 on a DeWalt XR2 Tool 20-volt max brushless power tool combo kit featuring a drill and impact driver for just $289. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offer valid through 616 U.S. only. Hello, Grinders, and welcome to the Weekend Grind. I'm your host, Travis Mangon. Back on a nice little Saturday, uh, Friday night, whenever you're listening, we're doing this pretty late on Friday night with Grant Niefer. How's it going over there? Turd Ferguson. Uh, it's, 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 it's going good and it's going bad. I still was, had a profitable night, but Strasburg, I had way too much exposure to him. And then that one guy batting eighth in the lineup for the Phillies, I can't even remember his name, looks like the next Mark Reynolds. Uh, getting pulled before his first at-bat did not help me when I had 80% exposure just hoping for a home run. But, you know, it's a profitable night, and I'm ready to move on to Saturday. Wait, that lefty got pulled in his first at-bat, the, the guy first in the at he, he ran into a wall, I think, and he got yanked. And immediately once that happened, I'm like, all right, I'm done. I screwed this night. I hate it. I'm, I'm out of here. And oh, yeah. then I, I still ended up making money, but, oh, gosh, I was angry. Yeah, I missed that one. I had uh, I had the two v swap the two v two swap debate between uh, Goldschmidt and Gaddis, and the other was Moreland and Carpenter. And uh, you know, going the Goldschmidt one worked out. You know, I went with the cores. Uh, Go- Paul Goldschmidt, as I like to call him, now that he's back, it seems like he's back now. We knew he'd come back to life, but he is uh, he's looking good now. But uh, we have a really interesting slate. We're gonna go through every single game. Uh, it depends on what site you're playing. Like they have some sites are doing, you know, smaller slates. Some are doing bigger. It's all over the place, Grant. So we're just going to go game by game. We'll do our best to kind of break it down as best as we can for you, how it goes, because there we got one o'clock games. We got a 1205 game. We got some four o'clock games. It's all over the place. And then we got uh, about five, I think seven o'clock games or so. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll dive right in though and get started with the 1205 game. We got Derek, uh, and Derek, Derek with a CK, this is a weird spelling, Rodriguez uh, against Gio Gonzalez. And I'm actually a Team Gio fan. Looks like we can have a little weather here, but I like Gio personally. I'm normally a fan of him. I don't think this is the greatest spot for him, but it, it's kind of a slate where we have to consider him because there's not a ton of aces on the mound here, Grant. So what are you doing with Gio Gonzalez? I mean, he's in consideration. I don't know if he'd make it into my cash game build, and I'm not sure if he's going to make it too much my uh, – what's called GBP builds. Like he's probably number four or five on my list, just straight up on a point per dollar and a safety rating. Um, San Francisco, they're guys that they, they just like this team knows how to work account. This team knows how to kind of just be patient on everything. So geo is not the type of pitcher that you really want to pick on that type of team against. So he's still up there just because of how crappy the slate is. And the clear number one option is, clearly the number one priced guy so I don't know if I'll end up with him so Snell obviously we'll talk about later so Gio's still on the board he's right up there I don't know how much my line he'll make it into but he's right on the precipice of being up there for one of my favorite options yeah I I think he's that's that's the perfect way to put it like uh I can't like cement it and be like I'm all over him also we got weather with it uh I do worry that this lineup San Francisco is getting better uh that's something to note with with, uh you know adding Joe Panic back that obviously helps and of course against the lefty it's not as big of a deal but yeah guys like Hernandez I mean Mac Williamson came back from the DL pretty recently this lineup is better and they're in a better ballpark right coming out of San Francisco so I do think there are some question marks with Gio I do still like him a little bit you know he's a minus 162 favorite which is obviously nice but uh, I am tempering my expectations a little bit. On the opposite side, Derek Rodriguez, uh, I know I see a, a righty that I don't know much about. I instantly think Bryce Harper's got to be hitting a home run here. What do you think about this Nationals lineup? I mean, that's that's basically it. Bryce Harper's probably hitting a home run. Matt Adams is probably hitting a home run. Both of them are great plays. I don't mind Turner. I don't mind Rendon. There's not a clear-cut favorite, like, stack of the day uh, on this slate. Like, no one outside of Boston – no one is over a five implied team total. So it'd be or I guess Cleveland is as of this point right now. So it's kind of like there's a middle range for stacks on the day. And I think because of the pricing of the Nationals, Turner, Harper, Rendon, Adams, all these guys at the top are a little bit heavier priced. So they become great plays for GPPs today. And obviously Harper, Adams, and Soto are three of the top plays on the slate going against Derek Rodriguez with the platoon split here. 
Yeah, for, for sure. I definitely think that getting, getting some exposure to some of these national bats is a great idea. Bryce Harper is going to be one of them. And like you, you, you quoted all those lefties. Uh, those are guys that you definitely want to get uh, some exposure to. Trey Turner hasn't really taken off this year yet, but uh, I don't, I don't want to miss out on him, especially, uh, I don't know, Posey would be behind, behind the plate, though, and he's pretty good defensively, so that obviously isn't a big bump for him. But let's go on to the next one, Grant. I think that's it for that game. Oh, we probably, to- sorry, I want to mention – McCutcheon versus lefty hasn't been great this year, but again, he's been playing half of his games over in San Francisco. He's still great versus lefty. The numbers haven't shown this year, but he crushes them. Uh, McCutcheon at three sevens, a real good play. Yeah. Yeah. You're not wrong about that. Actually. That's a, that's a good point. Uh, I don't know. I, I, man, I love Joe Gonzalez. I like him more than the industry. Are you a geo fan or not? I, I'm not a big fan of ulcers. So no. <laughs> yeah, it's not the most fun watch, but I, uh, dude, I, I don't know. I, I believe in him more than others do. Uh, I'm, I'm more of like he's better than he used to be, and uh, some people are more down on him from back in the day. But uh, we'll have to see. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to maybe get some exposure to him. I like his price a little bit here on uh, on DraftKings at the 9.2k, or I said Fanduel. He's 9.8k. Uh, it's a little more pricier, but that's still gonna be fine. Uh, we'll, we'll have to see how things shake up, and we'll keep going through the games because there's some interesting ones. We got Brett Suter here next for the Milwaukee Brewers going against Jake Arrieta, and I mean the price tag on DraftKings, Grant, seven point eight K for Jake Arrieta against the Milwaukee Brewers team, who they can strike out a ton. I think there's some value here with Jake Arrieta. What are you kind of thinking about this game? I mean, it's 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 tough pretty much anytime we're dealing with Jake Arrieta. Uh, looking at the temperature tomorrow, it's still going to be up in the 80s. Humidity is going to be around 50%, so a little bit worse hitting weather than it was today, um, but still going to be good enough. Uh, Phillies is a hitter-friendly ballpark, but Arrieta doesn't really give up a huge amount of hard contact, and he gets a ton of soft contact. So I think for cash games, he's definitely in play. I mean, this Brewers team adds a little bit more strikeouts uh, to his very limited K rate for the entire year. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to go there in tournaments. I feel like there's five decent options for tournaments for like a decent amount of Ks and higher upside, but for cash games, just strictly based on his price tag, he might actually be the top option for DraftKings for an SB2. Yeah, agree 100%. Uh, I'm going to be all over them. I don't love the Brewers bats in this spot. Like, if you want to take some shots, I wouldn't hate it, but uh, I don't love many of the Brewers bats. Would you agree on that? Yeah, yeah, no, just uh, like a one off with Shaw or something, right? Like, nothing crazy. I mean, you're just hoping for the bullpen here because, I mean, even against lefties, Arietta doesn't allow a huge amount of hard contact. He has a 20 plus percent soft contact rate versus lefties and righties. So, I don't think there's a single guy in this lineup I want to use. You're just hoping that Arietta gets beaten up with Babbitt a little bit early. Other than that, like there's there's nothing that's really that great on the Brewers side of the ball. Agree with you there. On the opposite side, we got Brent Suter, who's been pretty solid this year. Uh, you know, exit at four point uh, four point one five. He's a guy that's not walking a ton of guys with a six percent walk rate. I mean, he's not a guy I love to target, but Grant, the best player in baseball, is on the opposite side, correct? Against a lefty, and he's a righty. We got to play him, right? Is he for sure coming back? As he uh, the Roto the Roto Grinders lineup says that, uh, and I actually think Trout's best player in baseball. But I know you love yourself some Reese Hoskins Grant, so uh, obviously want to talk about him. We have him in the projected lineup. I'm assuming he's coming back. If he comes back, that's a real nice boost to this lineup. So uh, I'm kind of curious what you're thinking about this Phillies team because I know the Brewers they have a decent bullpen too. You got that guy. Uh, I think his name's is it Bader uh, or I, I forget what his name is. The, the bullpen guy, the lefty, that's really good. There, there's yeah. obviously yeah, there's obviously some good bullpen arms that that kind of have me concerned too. So I'm just trying to figure out with Hoskins back. Is this a spot where we really want to look at a lot of these Phillies? I don't think you go with a whole lot of Phillies here. I mean, uh, a lot of these guys that you really worry about are lefties. Oduble, I guess a few of them are switch hitters and I'm just honestly a big fan of Nick Williams but he doesn't look like he's going to be in the lineup going against Suter if Hoskins is back in the lineup Suter's still in play but he's not a great play if Hoskins is not in the lineup Suter may be the best point per dollar play on the entire board I mean this Phillies team is one that can work the count like they can do they can really beat you up there but Suter at 5.5k considering his 20 percent k rate his very low walk rate i don't think the trouble's there i don't think that a lot of upside is there but considering the point per dollar rate it, the upside is huge at 5.5k with these limited options on the slate so if hoskins is not in the lineup then i i will go hard on suitor if hoskins is in the lineup i'll still have some exposure to him 
but I will have a lot of exposure to Hoskins. Just lefty, righty, like people don't realize the rate. He's still on the wrong side of Babbitt for his career for all the people looking at plate IQ. You look at it, it's not massive WOBA and not a massive uh, average, but he has like a .9 average for Babbitt last year, and it's not that great this year either. Yeah, I, I can agree with you. Definitely think that's going to, you know, change the lineup up a little bit adding him in there one thing i want to know is if you do decide to stack the phillies say you're on board with this you're like hey i like the phillies a lot and i want to stack them up don't leave odivo herrera off just because he's a lefty uh i'm in i'm in the club of hey if uh, herrera is in there uh, i want to make sure to get some exposure to him even if it's lefty lefty he's one of their better hitters on the team so uh i definitely want to kind of get exposure to that and i just want to note that with the phillies lineup because people will forget that i don't like when people leave off the best hitters even when they uh, are going to go completely under own and they're on the wrong side of the plate because that means we're getting the bad bullpen and they'll probably get some good opportunities. Anything else in this game, Grant, or you want to move on? I mean, I should mention that uh, even the Brewers' bad bullpen is still a good bullpen conversely towards the average. That was big words. I tried to use big words. They did not work. That's okay, Grant. You know, you could, you should have just acted like you sounded right. I mean, it sounded right to me. I was just going to move on, but uh, you know, next time you make a mistake, just, uh, you know, keep moving things along. You'll, you'll sound fine. (laughs) I admit my mistakes every single time. Unless, it, unless, it's, unless it's playing the A's, which we always play the A's all the time, and it's always a good time, right? It's never a mistake. It's never, ever a mistake. I just know that it may not be the best play. Just I know I have to do it every single time, and this season it's worked out really well, and it will continue to work out well. Just there are better spots than others. We'll get to that later. Yep. Uh, next game up, Baltimore Orioles and the Toronto Blue Jays. And we got Kevin Gaussman going up against Aaron Sanchez. Nine total here. And this looks like a game. You look at these two pitchers. Uh, they, they seem like we can get some runs produced here, right? Gaussman against the lefty, like like Granderson, who's a nice cheap value. I think he's interesting. Smoke is obviously in play. And then on the Blue Jays side, I mean, or I mean, on the uh, Orioles side, I mean, Sanchez is a guy I do like to target. Man, Machado's intri- intriguing to me. Uh, Trey Mancini, I like him more against the righties because the power uh, really increases there. So what are you kind of doing? I think this is a spot where we really just kind of pick up some uh, one-off home runs. Do you agree with me on that? Uh, yes and no. I mean, so here's the thing. Sanchez is used to be a good pitcher. He's been absolute trash this year. He's had some tough matchups, and he's had some matchups that haven't really agreed with him. Guys that can really work the count, A's, Orioles, uh, Boston, not Orioles, Boston, Cleveland. I think he's faced all three of them. So he's had some tough matchups there. And he has a 12.8 walk rate on the year, uh, which is a little bit higher than it actually should be considering how good a pitcher he is. Um, but this Orioles team doesn't walk a whole lot. So I think he's a lot safer than people think. And he still has decent upside going against this Baltimore team. I have some interest in Sanchez. I'm not going to fault you for stacking the Orioles. I don't think I will at all. But on the other side of the ball, I'm I'm not using Gaussman at all, and I have a lot of interest in the Blue Jays. Well, so who do you have interest in? Then? What are some of your main targets? I mean, literally any of the top three guys, Granderson, Slarte, Hernandez, Smoke. If Morales makes it into the lineup, which he should. I don't know why he wasn't in the lineup today. He's absolutely great. And then – Everyone else is just, if you want to finish out the stack in a different way, you can, because obviously over on DK, you can't use two first basemen. So if you want to do a full five-man stack, I'd probably pick Gritchick or Diaz or Martin if you just need a catcher. But it's really just those top four or five guys, depending on who's in the lineup. Yep, agree with you on that, too. Uh, anything else in this game, Gary? You want to move on to the next one? No, I mean, Machado, he's fine any given time but i i don't want to pay that 5.2k price tag yeah he, he's pretty good at baseball right he's one of those guys that in in the club of good at when baseball are gonna, when anyway. are they just gonna trade him to hopefully the mariners would be my hope uh hey, that's not happening Grant. i don't think he's going to the mayors i don't know where he's going to be honest but uh i guess we'll have to see what happens uh it'll be fun to see where he moves trade deadline will be will be coming soon uh we're in june now so once we get probably towards the end of june we'll get like all well, like the real rumors start really lurking uh, and coming up but uh we'll have to see i don't know what's your bet yeah i think there's a chance los angeles dodgers can maybe make that move if they can if they want to because they really want to make the playoffs and kind dodgers of or the angels yeah, yeah like either one of them they got money to spend I don't think that the Yankees will do it. I don't think that Boston will do it. I mean, I guess they can move them over to third base, but they don't really want to get rid of Devers. Like, there's not a huge amount of great fits here that are actually in huge playoff contention. So I think it's either one of the uh, Los Angeles teams. But, hey, I'm not a GM. 
Yeah, Angels don't really have like the the farm system. I feel like the Dodgers do. I feel like they have enough guys, but I don't know too much about farm systems. So uh, let's move on though. We'll talk about the other Los Angeles team that we're just talking about. The Los Angeles Angels going against the Minnesota Twins. Perfect segue, Grant. Uh, Nine total here. Tyler Skaggs versus Kyle Gibson. And uh, this is a game where, I don't know, I'm not as interested. You know, it's a nine total and you would think I'd be more interested, but I'm not as interested in these hitters uh, at the moment. What about you? I mean, it's a little bit tough here. Like the Twins... I'm not really a huge fan of uh, even with Sano and Dozier in their lineup. I mean, they're going against a lefty, but he's not, he's, he's a bit more of a guy that like is good against both sides of the plate. He's a little bit more neutral. He gives up more hard contact from the left side of the plate, but everything else is kind of the same. Like if anything, it may actually be, I don't know. Skaggs is not a guy I want to pick on, and this Twins team outside of Dozier and Sano is not guys I want to roster. On the other side of the ball, the Angels, without Otani in that lineup, Gibson has a decent strikeout rate. I don't really want to roster him because a lot of these guys don't strike out a lot, but all the guys I'd add into my stack outside of Trout, Upton, and maybe Pujols, like Valbuena, Kinsler, Cozart, they're not really guys I want to play against a high strikeout pitcher, so there's there's not a lot I really want in this game outside of, of course, Trout being in play as a high-priced option. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. I mean, I like Upton's price at 4.2. Uh, I mean, Kinsler at 3.6 is interesting. He's been hitting the ball well, but I don't know. I don't want to go too crazy with this game. Uh, just when I'm really looking to kind of avoid. I mean, if you want to go Dozier and Sano against Skaggs, I get it because, of, you know, the righty-lefty spot. But, I mean, I don't want to attack Skaggs. Uh, I just look more so for the Angels bats uh, if I look anywhere else. Uh, anything else in this game, Grant? I think this is an easy one that we don't get too much exposure to. We just more so be underweight and move on from. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just move on. Yep. Next game up, Pittsburgh Pirates and the Chicago Cubs. This game is in Wrigley, and we got Nick Kingham against John Lester. We don't have a line yet. Uh, probably have to wonder what, what the win's going to be, so uh, stay tuned for that. But, uh, you know, Kingham is a guy that I think we can target some of these Cubs bats with. And on the opposite side, John Lester, I've seen him blow up against the Pirates. I think last year he gave up like 10 runs in one inning. So, uh, you know, John Lester, 8.2K. It's an interesting price over on DraftKings. Um, what are you kind of doing with this game overall? Because I feel like I have some, a little bit of interest in the bats. I had more interest in Kingham than anything. Uh, he's had a decent K rate on the year. He's not walking any of my guys. The rest of the stuff is there for batting, hard hit rate, uh, fly ball rate, like nothing else besides the K and walk rate really appeals to me here. But just this slate is so ugly for pitching at 7.1K. Considering his possible upside, he's on a point-per-dollar basis, has one of the highest upsides on the slate, even going against this tough Kings offense here. The bats, they're all middle of the road here. We don't have a Vegas line here, but I'm guessing it's going to come out around 8.5. Would be my guess, 8 to 8.5. It's not going to be anything fantastic. Lester has a propensity to get blown up every once in a while, but I don't think there's a spot, even though this Pittsburgh team Seems to come out of nowhere every once in a while. I'm looking – I'm trying to look at the weather here. Uh, I don't know – I don't think the wind's blowing out. I don't think it's blowing in tomorrow from the looks at it. So, it's kind of just a neutral game for Wrigley. I don't think I'm touching pretty much anything in this game outside of Kingham. Yes, yeah, I, I got interest in Rizzo a little bit. I mean, against Kingham, I think he'd be interesting. I don't know. Some of these lefties uh, draw my attention a little. Zobris, even Hayward, who's been hitting the ball well. I don't know. I'm more interested in a mini Cub stack, I think. Uh, and then on the opposite side, if you want to play Pirates, just load them up. Uh, I get it. They have decent price tags. If you think Lester's going to blow up, then go for it. But I think it's one of those where if you go – for it, you just go all in on it, right? You don't just pick here and there. You just go and load it up completely. But I mean, I we see Lester have great games every year, and then we see him have one to two to three to four eight-run games. So, yeah, you're yeah. absolutely correct. Yeah, it's more so, yeah, I just want to know, if you do play Pirates, just, just kind of go all in on it. Just, uh, you know, load up and hope it obviously goes insane. But don't love this game. It's not one of my favorite ones uh, of the day anyway. So let's go on to another one that's interesting, and uh, it's the Oakland A's we talked about before with Danny Duffy going up against uh, Trevor Cahill. And when I see Danny Duffy, man, I get excited because he's a guy I definitely like to uh, stack up against a little bit. But the price is nice too, obviously, at 4.8K because there's upside. He's one of, one of those price tiers where I think we can argue, Grant, that we like to stack against him, but at the same time, we kind of think he's got some upside too, especially against an A's team. So what are you kind of doing with uh, Danny Duffy and the A's offense? I mean, this is a real tough spot. So I'd say about half of the things I like to check off my list when I'm going to stack the A's are stacked up here. Huge hard hit rig for Duffy. Like 
he doesn't walk as many guys as I want him to, and he has big strikeout ability. But the hard hit rates there, even in Oakland, like he can get taken out of the ballpark by a lot of these guys in any given situation. There's a lot of righties there in this lineup, and Matt Olson being one of the strongest guys in the lineup and being right there at the middle isn't really in play as much because he does not have great numbers versus lefties. I won't say that the A's are the best stack on the slate. I'm going to give them about the four or five spot, but uh, the prices are coming up enough that people aren't going to play him a huge amount playing in this A stadium. I'm going to look at the weather tomorrow, and if the weather is good, that gives them a slight bump. But I, I will have – I have to stack the A's pretty much every single slate this entire year because that's just what I do. But this doesn't stand out stand out as nearly a great spot as it really should. And a lot of people are just going to stack straight up against Duffy considering what he's done this year. Yeah, understand that. I mean, you're contractually obligated. Totally understand why you're on the A's all over them. They've definitely done you well this season. And it's obviously not a bad spot. Uh, I, do you think people play Danny Duffy, though, at 4.8K? Like, yes. Okay, that's what I was thinking, too. I think he's going to get a little bit of traction because it's an ugly pitching slate. I'm just trying to figure out, obviously, slate-wise, it's kind of all over the place. Like, are people going to want to jam in bats where they're going to need to go Duffy? That's kind of something I was wondering, too. I mean, so the Red Sox have a five-plus implied team total, and the Indians do. So I think a lot of people roll with those stacks. And a, a little bit of it depends on if J.D. Martinez is back in the lineup. If he is, then there's going to be a lot more money to just spend up on. Martinez should be around 40%, 30 to 40% on, depending on the price or depending on the slate, the site. Um, so just going against Rodon, even though Rodon's got decent skills, everyone's going to, going to want to play J.D. Martinez versus lefty. And obviously the Cleveland bats on a day-to-day basis are priced up pretty high. So just based on that, if Martinez is back in, it changes the slate quite a bit because there's a lot of high-priced bats people are going to want to know. Yeah, agree with you on that for sure. I want to talk on the opposite side, though. Uh, Trevor Cahill, he is a guy that I've been looking for spots to roster, and I feel like there haven't been, like, either I missed the boat on some of them or there haven't been the best spots, and then he went on the DL. But the Royals have a 3.33 run total, and Cahill's been pretty good this year, but the strikeouts aren't really there. At 8.4K, um, can we play him on DraftKings just because we don't love pitching and maybe he'll do just a good enough job pitching the fishing game where he's – a guy that you want to roster. So I don't know. I have a little bit of interest in Kale, but I do worry about the strikeout upside. What about you, Grant? I have him slightly above Skaggs and slightly above Kingham. He's still probably number three or four on my list. So I don't know if he'll entirely make it, but the 3.3 implied run total by the Royals makes me think that, yeah, he might be worth it. Plus like there's nothing really to worry about. He has the ballpark in favor of him in a huge way. Like the K rates at plus 25% this year. So, yeah, Cahill, he's in play at his 8.4 price tag, considering we can't really play Snell at his price tag. Yeah. Any interest in Royals bats? Like, maybe Moustakis yeah. just as a one-off? Yeah. But, yeah, I don't think I want to go crazy. It's, it's not worth it. There are multiple other third basemen on this slate who are probably just as good, if not better, point-per-dollar plays on the slate. So, I'm I'm not touching him. Yeah, you're, you're probably right. I probably, yeah, I'll just stay away from them. That, that's, that's a better call. Close, but I just rather go three or four other places. Yep, that's that's fine. Let's go to the next one. Chicago White Sox, Boston Red Sox. Uh, the battle of the Sox here, nine total. And we get two lefties on the mound, Carlos Rodon and David Pryson. Man, I think this is a really interesting game to really just stack up. I mean, on one side, we got David Price, who when he blows up, he can definitely have his struggles. And we have a really good lineup of righties on the on the White Sox who can really do some damage in, in Anderson, Abreu, and, and Matt Davidson. And then on the opposite side, the Red Sox, you talked about it, 5.54 implied total. If J.D. Martinez is in there, I'm going to be spending up, up, all the way up on him. I mean, he's going to be one of my favorite plays of the day. I'm going to want to get exposure to all these Red Sox. So is this just a game where you're going to kind of want to stack it up? I mean, it's real tough because Radon, he's got good stuff. This year in uh, single A and triple A, he's had like a 14K per nine rate. He's absolutely been crushing it. Has a sub two XFIP in Sierra. Like he's been crushing it, but you don't know how many innings he's actually going to go in this game. I have zero interest. If the So be on the lookout for what the implied run total is for the Red Sox tomorrow. If it stays above five, even if J.D. Martinez is in there, I don't think I'm going to go there because it's just not worth it considering what their ownership is going to be and what realistically – it's a similar situation to today. They had a huge implied run total because they do 
every single time they're at home. But it's not as good of a spot as people think it is. So I don't think I can play Rodon because I'm worried about how late he's going to go into the game. But I still believe that he has good stuff. I still believe that this Red Sox team is probably not worthy of the run total they have. So I'm not going there with either side of this. Red Sox, on the other hand, I do have some interest in David Price just based on the fact that he has huge upside going up against this high white strikeout White Sox team. I also have some interest in a lot of these bats on the White Sox side because they've got power and this is a decent hitting park. Yeah, I get have an interest in, in Price too. I just love in tournaments that White Sox, uh, those righties. They, they've done good to me this year, so I've been all over it. But I do think there's opportunity there for Price as well to have some upside. One thing I want to note, Grant, we got the umpire data. And I'll give you a little peek into the Rotogrounders premium from the lineup HQ. I'm looking at the umpire data, and we got a hitters up in this game. So that's obviously going to be something that's good. One thing I wanted to note, I'm only seeing one extreme pitchers ump on the board for the day, Grant. And that's actually in the, uh, the Cubs game. So that's obviously good for your Kingham call. And uh, you like in some of the, uh, the pitchers there. So uh, that's that could be real good for Kingham. It uh, doesn't give as much of a boost to Lester, but Kingham, like, he's a guy that he, – he's got good strikeout stuff and going against his Cub team that should have Schwarber in the lineup and a few other guys that can strike out a decent amount should help him a lot more than it does Lester. Yeah, so I just wanted to note that. thought that was interesting. And like I said, I, I, I love the bats in this game. Uh, I'll definitely – hoping J.D. Martinez is going to in, in there, like I said. And another value that we didn't talk about in the Red Sox, or I don't think I heard you mention, was Sam Travis. I mean, he's been in there against the lefties, and he's going to be a nice cheap value, I'm sure, around the industry. So I wouldn't want to miss out on him. If you're stacking up the Red Sox, how are you doing it, Grant? What's kind of the way you uh, approach it? Because it's going to be a chalkier stack, and we kind of got to find ways to be a little different with it, correct? Uh, I mean, it's going to be – I I think you go Ben Benintendi just because it's lefty-lefty, and he hasn't done – if you look at plate IQ, he hasn't done that great versus lefties, but he's so highly priced that no one's going to be on him, and I'm not going to be surprised if Rodon only goes four innings into the game uh, just based off of what he's done in the minors. So it's, you go Ben Benintendi, you go Moreland, you go those two lefties that aren't going to be nearly as highly owned as Bogarts and Martinez. And then you maybe roll with even Devers, who's shut – shown good stuff versus lefties in his career and then just throwing Travis just because he's cheap. Yeah, I uh, definitely think that that's a good way to go. Uh, obviously getting some exposure to some of those lefties. Uh, and I, I love Mitch Moreland too. He's a guy that I like. He can just hit anyone. I wonder if they'll have him in there or not, but uh, I think they need to. With the, oh, they, they, they're, they're almost, uh, will they? Where I don't know. Travis, because Travis has been in the lineup at at the same time as him this entire I'm time. assuming Moreland's DHing, so or or yeah. I, oh yeah, not, they've been throwing JD Martinez into the outfield, which, yeah, which Yeah, but they have to with the with the Mookie situation. So uh yeah, we'll have to see. Uh, again, Red Sox are gonna be a great way to go. Uh and uh White Sox, I mean I'm I'm gonna love getting exposure to some of those guys too. They have some decent price tags too. Even even Kevin Smith, if he's batting in the uh in the five hole uh at, at that two point eight K price tag, I think that's a really nice cheap catcher option. And look out for Trace Thompson at two point seven K probably batting in the nine hole. Yeah, I mean he he hit the uh the game winning RBI in that one nothing game that against Chris Sales. So if you're hitting Chris Sales, he's he... gonna be all hopped up on his brother winning a net or uh NBA Finals. There we go. Yeah, you were going to say national title. I didn't think about your national championship. No, it's not that. Uh, Super Bowl. No, it's not that. Stanley Cup. No, that was two days ago. Oh, gosh. Oh, man. Stanley Cup. Hilarious. I didn't watch it at all, but there was obviously one moment after the game that made me really chuckle. Yeah, that that was really funny. I know exactly what you're talking about. That was absolutely like way, way to be classy, Vegas. (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I was dying. That was so funny. But uh, yeah, I, everyone obviously gets it. This is a game definitely uh, get a lot of exposure to. Uh, let's go on to the next one, though, Grant. And uh, your Seattle Mariners against the Tampa Bay Rays. And this is like it's supposed to be a pitcher's duel. Seven and a half total. Felix Hernandez, the king. Uh, king Felix uh, against a more so ready heavy lineup in the Rays. This seems like they could be interesting. And then, the, and then on the opposite side, Blake Snell. He's just a talented pitcher overall. And I know Seattle doesn't strike out a ton, but I think he's interesting. The problem is the price. 11.8K. Can we pay that price and Felix 6.5k just seems like too good of a bargain correct I'm not paying that for Felix I think I'd rather go with Danny Duffy or I'd rather go with uh what's the name in 5.5k Suter so I'm not touching uh, I'm, I'm disappointed in you Grant no 6.5k for Felix I mean against the righty heavy raised lineup you don't think that's interesting at all I could see Felix getting beat up way more than I could see him actually doing well I'm not touching him and I probably won't end up playing him at all for the rest of the season unless he gets down to the min price. He's still got decent ground ball stuff, but his K rate isn't there. 
I'm not I'm not playing him at all, even against this trash Rays lineup. Um, then on the other side of the ball, Snell is just way too overpriced. Yeah, Snell just too overpriced. Agree with you on that. I, I think the Felix call is interesting in tournaments. I, I would get some exposure to it in tournaments. Obviously, it could blow up in your face, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Vincent Velasquez blew up in my face today, and I just uh, you know had to kind of eat it. Uh, it happened, and uh, I don't know. It's one of those guys where I think there's just a ton of upside at that price. So I, I have some interest in it, but no interest in the bats in this game at all. Uh, is this one we just kind of go underweight on, cross off all these bats and move on? I mean, no, it's Blake Snell is a lefty, and we get Nelson Cruz in there, but it's not the right spot. Honestly, if you want to reel off the board stack, uh, Healy should be back in the lineup. This Mariners lineup versus lefty is a lot better than you think. Zunino at batting at – he was at the sixth spot to get today, but he should be back in the ninth spot tomorrow with Healy back in the lineup. I don't mind stacking this Mariners team up uh, just in big field GPPs. Yeah, not my thing, but I know. You like this. You like Seattle a little more than everyone else, I feel like, uh, but I, I get it. Uh, and it's in Tampa Bay, not the best park for me. But I, I get what you're saying. Uh, they it's do not much worse than well. Safeco. Yeah, you're not wrong about that. That is true. Uh, anything else in this game, or you want to go to the next one? Let's roll on to the next one. All right, on to the next one, on to the next one. We got the Cleveland Indians, Detroit Tigers, nine and a half total. And this is, man, after the uh, disappointment in Cleveland, they have to, uh, you know, obviously look to the Cleveland Indians the rest of the year, who are a pretty good team. And they, you know, have a nice opportunity here against Mike Fires to really blow him up. Uh, I mean, one thing I want to note about the Indians lineup, Grant, is they're really expensive. Uh, I think we need to stack them up today. I think you brought up really good points, but are we going to be able to afford them today uh, against a guy like Mike Fires? It seems like one of the better stacks on the board. I mean, we're not paying up for Blake Snell, so yeah, we can afford them. And if you want to throw in Duffy or Suter into your lineup, then you can absolutely afford them. I think that uh, Lindor, Brantley, Ramirez, Encarnacion, I mean, Mike Fires gives them a lot of hard contact to righties. So I don't think there's a single bad play in this lineup, one through six. Uh, I'm going real heavy on them, even though they're probably going to be the chalk. And it's a reasonable thing to believe that. I mean, Ramirez and Lindor are two of the better hitters in the league. And even Brantley, like he's, he's closing in. I don't know what he's at right now, but he's probably around a 350 hitter. And going against Fires, a below average pitcher, he should be good. This team knows how to work a count. Fires doesn't walk a whole lot of guys, but he doesn't strike out a lot of guys. There's a chance that Babbitt lands on the right side of this Indians team and he just gets blown up. Yeah, I could see this being a bad day for him. Also, like Yonder Alonso in that five hole. You could obviously on like FanDuel or Fantasy Draft get exposure to both of them in the same lineup. And maybe that differentiates you a little bit there doing that. So uh, get some exposure to those guys. Uh, This should be a good lineup to look at, one I'll definitely want to get a ton of exposure to on this slate. On the opposite side, Mike Clevenger. I mean, I'm not interested in Tigers bats, and I'm not interested in Clevenger at that price. Would you agree with me on that? I'll I'll play a little bit of Clevenger in in tournaments. Um, it's a ballsy move. The price is tough. I think a lot of people will pivot over to price, pivot down to skags, like pivot in a lot of different ways where he's not going to get a whole lot of exposure. The current Vegas line is set at 4.18. I expect that to go down a bit. I expect it to land around 3.8 would be my guess. Uh, so if it doesn't do that and it stays above four, I have more interest in Clevenger just because people aren't going to be on it. Uh, but regardless, I will play a decent amount of him just because he's got decent K stuff. You're more worried about him versus lefties than you are against righties. And, I mean, the lefties in this lineup outside of Candelario, not good at all. So I will play him a bit. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just not a Clevenger fan. Like him and Dower, I, I just hate those guys for some reason. I don't know why. I guess this is bias. I just don't like playing that much. I feel like they're just always overpriced. Uh, but 9K and on this slate, I guess you could do the pivot. That makes some sense overpriced because it seems like uh, Price might be the chalkier uh, pitcher of the slate that people look to gravitate to with the implied run total of the 3.46. I know I talked about how I like the White Sox as an interesting tournament play, but I think a lot of people are going to gravitate the Price uh, there instead. And uh, Clevenger could be an interesting one, uh, not one, off uh interesting uh pivot at that price i think you brought up great points about that uh anything else in this game or you want to go to the next one let's move on to the next one all right we got two more left on this uh on this slate and then we'll go out to the main one but we got michael waka against luis castillo in great american small park and this is an eight and a half total and uh i don't know i normally like to take teams uh, in america great american small park that come in the road teams but luis castillo hasn't been really a guy i want to target and i like luis castillo i'm a believer in him and he gets a ready a ready heavy cardinals lineup so uh what are you kind of thinking about these two pitchers here in waka and castillo 
I'm not touching Waka at all, especially going to Great America Ballpark. I get they had a good outing his last time out, um, but 10K for him is just absolutely ridiculous. Castillo, on the other hand, his numbers signal a lot better performance than he's actually shown. I get that he's facing a tough uh, St. Louis lineup, but he's got strikeout upside. He's not walking that many guys. He's not giving up that much hard contact, and he's getting decent ground balls. I'm going to be using him real heavily just because of his 6.2 price tag. Yeah, I like him a lot here. I mean, the cars just they have naturally a ready heavy line. When I can get like a talented guy like Castillo, who I'm definitely a believer in and I like his stuff. I, I, I'm with you. I'm buying in him like for more so the long term. Uh, one thing I want to note about Castillo, uh, he's been mixing his pitches in a lot better. And it was at the Mets start when he actually it was the Brewers start where he started kind of mixing his pitches a little better. And then the Mets start is when he was he was just had different pitches that he was uh, mixing in. I don't know exactly what it was, but I heard on the broadcast they were talking about. It. I forget which pitch he was using more, and he definitely was seeing more success. And then had some success against the uh, you know Dodgers. Obviously, he's uh, had some struggles too in between there. I mean, Pittsburgh was fine. Chicago had a little bit of issues, and then Arizona struggled, and then San Diego obviously. That last start was not the best, but that happens with some young pitchers. I'm more of a believer in him long-term. I think this is an interesting spot here against the Cardinals. I know the ballpark isn't the greatest, but I think it's a good guy to really buy low on and uh, look for the upside here. Uh, any interest in – I know we don't like Waka, but any interest in like some of these lefties maybe? Uh, Jesse Winker, Vado, Jeanette. I know this nope. Reds lineup is interesting, but I don't think it's a good spot. It's more so just like at Castillo and uh, none of the bats, right? Yeah, not not throwing anything in here. Yep, agree no, there. No bad here. Yep, agree with you on that. Even though I love that ballpark, just doesn't feel like the right slate for it in the right spot. Uh, I want to talk about this next one, though, because I just thought it was an interesting way to open up the game. Seven and a half total here with the Padres and Marlins. And I know they've had some, they've been playing a lot recently against each other and they've had some lower totals, but why is Tyson Ross only a minus 111 favorite against Dan Straley? I know the Padres struggle against righties, but I'm kind of confused with that, Grant. I mean, from what I remember, uh, Vegas believes in Straley a little bit. His numbers this year aren't indicative of what he did last year. He's not as bad as you think. It's over in Marlins ballpark, which is a huge pitcher's ballpark. Padres aren't great. Uh, it, I, I'm not going to be surprised if Ross moves around a 150 favorite, which still isn't going to move the implied run total that highly. I wouldn't be surprised if this moves down to a 7 over under. It's currently at 7.5. But, I mean, this is just an early line. That That's, that's – it plain and simple, um, but Padres are playing bad lately. Marlins are playing better than they should be lately. I don't think there's a single person I want to use in this entire game outside of Justin Bohr. Not even the pitchers? No interest in them? Australia at 7K, There's. I'd rather go Castillo. I'd rather go pay up for Skaggs. I'd rather go multi, I'd rather go with Kingham. Uh, Tyson Ross, on the other hand, I'd rather – pay for Clevenger. I'd rather pay for any of the price. I'd rather pay for any of these other guys. So there's such better options all over the place. And the 3.7 implied run total, which I expect to go down for the Marlins, is going to be probably uh, too enticing for some of these guys that are going to play Ross. Fair enough. Uh, You want to move on to the next slate and just kind of call it a day? Uh, Yep. All right, that wraps up the early slate for you guys, or main slate, whatever you want to call it, because obviously this like late one is kind of the main, but it's not really because of the games. But let's move on to that one. It's a 7-15 time, but I want to note, uh, this is the Coors game, so it's probably starting, is that 5-15 because it's a uh, mountain time? So obviously it should be a lot hotter in the afternoon more so. Uh, so yeah, I think this is definitely going to be a game we want to get exposure to. There's a 12 total, and we got... The guy who's got regression coming to him, Matt Koch against Chad Bettis. This seems like the ultimate spot for the Rockies. The can't miss. Uh, they're going to absolutely crush spot. Would you agree with that, Grant? This is the spot where the Rockies just absolutely explode, and Matt Koch finally gets the regression monster coming his way. Oh, Koch's going to get blown up, and there's not a better way to say that. I know what it sounds like, but he's not a good pitcher. I know that you're on team Koch. There you go. Um but yeah, Cook Koch, I don't know how to say it, but yeah, I was a fan of him. I know exactly in- how to say it, but I feel weird saying it every single time I'm there. And yeah. it's hilarious. Yeah, I know you said I'm a believer in him. I was a believer when he was like 4K and in like good spots. This is definitely not a spot. And like I, I got my money and I ran with him, man. So I'm not – Oh, I'm I, not- I know very much that you are not going to blame him this spot. We're not oh, trying to imply yeah. that. But uh, he's not going to do well in cores. I mean, 
just he, he's not a guy that throws fire here, which isn't going to help. He's got a cutter. He's got a curve. He's got a change up. With how slowly he already throws, it's not going to do well over in Coors. I, I'm a big fan of game theory. I'm a big fan of fading Coors when it's right. This is a four-game slate. Ownership's probably going to be 40% on a lot of these guys, although it does help that there's one other team with a five-and-a-half-plus implied run total. But I'm, I'm, I'm going real hard on the Rockies tomorrow. That's what I think I'm doing too. I'm just going to go overweight. I'm not going to care. I'm just going to say, hey, give me Blackman, Arenado. I'll find a way to make it work. Uh, I, I There's one ace. Oh, I guess like two aces kind of. But there's one ace, Charlie Morton, which I don't – I'll just probably find a way not to pay up for him. I'll just find a ways to make this work. Like I'm going to pay up for the Rockies. I'm going to prioritize them. I think just load up on them. They're going to be my favorite play of the day. Uh, here against uh, Kachi should definitely be going down here uh, for sure. I want to talk about Chad Bettis. He's a guy that I don't really target typically. Like I want to obviously in cores, but he's a guy that doesn't feel like ever gets blown up too much. I mean, sure he can in cores, but it seems like he's a guy that if you targeted all year long, you'd be like, eh, I probably shouldn't have targeted him as much as I did. But uh, the Diamondbacks are in cores and they were swinging some hot sticks and they got some good lefties in there. What are you kind of doing here with like Paul Goatschmidt and Lamb and Descalzo, uh, Peralta? What are you doing with these bats? Lamb, Peralta, Goldschmidt, all great plays, even incorporating their price. John Ryan Murphy, the best catcher play on the entire slate. Descalzo is not a bad play. Just play them, too. Like, this is a core slate, and it's a four-game slate. If you're doing cash, you're going to load up heavy on this, even if it costs you throwing Morton into your lineup. But that's just how it goes. Yeah, I, I do think we got to get some exposure to some of these Arizona bats. Uh, I think this game is just going to explode. I'm going to be all over it. I'm excited for this one. Uh, it was hot there yesterday. I'm assuming it's going to be hot again today. I don't have the weather here, but obviously stay tuned for Kevin Roth. He'll give you all the reports on that. And, hey, what if the wind's blowing out too? That could obviously be a big bump. Uh, and it's Coors, right? Just play it. It's a game you want to get exposure to, and it's a small slate. But I, I agree with your statement. I was going to ask you about the game theory, but uh, I don't care about the game theory, man. I'm just going to load up and find another way to be different if I can. Uh, anything else or want to just move on let's move on new york yankees new york mets uh my new york mets uh, i love this series it's always a fun time i guess it's my uh, super bowl as a mets fan because we never make the playoffs so uh we lost game one hopefully we can win game two they got domingo german go up against steven Matz, and uh you know i kind of think Matz is a little interesting at the 5.6k price tag if you're jamming in cores and there is some uh you know strikeout potential in that yankees lineup i know there's really good righties in there but I kind of have some interest in Mats in tournaments. I know it could blow up in my face, but what do you think? Am I crazy for thinking that? No, you're not. I mean, there's strikeout upside going against the Yankees. And Mats is, Mats is a weird entity. Like, he's – I don't want to say splits neutral, but he does limit hard contact versus lefties or versus righties, I want to say. Let me let me double-check everything. Um, he definitely Ks and walks guys at a much worse rate versus lefties. No, looks like everything's uh, just normal splits now. Looking, If you look over the course of the entire career, it's a little bit different. But since the beginning of last year, it seems to be sp- splits normal. Um, but still, like going up against these righties, a lot of them strike out a whole lot. So the upside's there. And Matt's is a guy that obviously has huge, like huge potential in almost every single matchup. He was a guy that was a big prospect for a while. Obviously, going to the Mets changes thing or playing for the Mets makes you a lot worse unless you're DeGrom. So, uh, but yeah, it's just it's a four game slate. There's not a whole lot going here, and he's the guy with the most talent at his price tag. Yeah, it could obviously blow up in your face. I'm curious, like, if you think it's really chalky, like, is it a are we not supposed to play him? Because what if people are just going to be all over it? It's a it's four game slate. Chalky people are worried and they're going up against the Yankees. It's not going to be chalky. Well, okay, I, I, I think it's going to be. German's going to be played. Uh, Alex Wood is going to be played, even at a 9.4K price tag. Morton's going to be pr- played. I mean, I guess Chalky is a relative term in a four-game slate. Yeah. He's, be the third or four. he's probably going to be the fourth highest played guy. So he's going to be in the 58th percentile in terms of uh, starting pitchers played. Yeah, all right. I think he's interesting term and stuff. I think it's uh, something I would look to. I don't know. I'm not a big Domingo German guy, and at that price, I think I'd rather just be jamming in the bat. So I don't really go there, and I don't think any Mets hitters are interesting to me either. Um, what about you? Any hitters in this game that really uh, you know get you excited? I mean, the lefties are fine. They're not great, but I mean, there's not enough about German that really say that 
he is bad versus lefties. So, I mean, I think overall in his career, he's worse versus righties. I don't know if his pitches actually dictate that he is that bad versus righties. It doesn't seem like a lot of what he does should be that much of a splits different. Like generally you want a guy that has a pitch that breaks in towards the opposite handed pitcher. There's nothing that says anything about that in his fastball changeup sinker curveball. So yeah. Yeah. The lefties are decent plays, but they're not great plays and you don't really need to go there. But if you're really going to go off the board on any lineup outside the Braves, then that might be the way to go. Yeah, I, I could see it. But, ah, yeah, the lefties maybe, just like a little mini stack and then That could be a contrarian way to go. And they got decent price tags, too, on these guys. Like, uh, if you look at Conforto, 3.7, Bruce, 3.3, maybe that could be a little bit interesting. Uh, anything else in this game? We're going to go to the next one. No, I'm not probably not playing the Yankees. I think they'll have more, more ownership than they should because Judge and Stanton always do. Yeah, and we'll be we'll be paying for the Rockies anyway, so we'll spend our money in a in a better place. Uh, Houston Astros, Texas Rangers, Charlie Morton against Mike Miner, and I'm just really not looking to pay for Mike Miner because again, I'm gonna be jamming in the cores bats, and I don't think I'll be able to make it work. So uh, I get it; it's the Rangers. They obviously uh, have a ton of K upside, but they're showing with a 4.2 run total. It'll probably be hot in Texas. I just think it's better to stay away from Morton and just spend down at pitcher for like Alex Wood instead. Would you agree? Yep. Yep. I. Uh... I may not use anyone from this entire game. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. So this, this might be the cross-off game on the slate. I get it. 10 run total. It's kind of weird to say that. And Mike Miner obviously can be contrarian playing these Astros if we're all all, all over cores. So uh, I don't know. Do we get the Astros really under-owned? I'm just, like I said, I'm trying to think game theory-wise, and that's not really be, my forte. But. be high enough owned. It's a four-game slate. People are going to immediately look at implied run totals. And as of right now, the Astros have the second highest on the board. Their pricing is slightly better than this uh, Diamondbacks team, and there's more stuff to work with outside of the top four or five guys. Like, no one wants to play John Jay that badly. No one wants to play Descalzo that badly, Ahmed, Dyson. But on the Astros, solid one through nine, and they or one through eight at least, they have two catcher options that will probably garner some ownership. I expect them to be maybe higher owned than the Diamondbacks on the slate. So I'm just not touching them going up against Mike Miner, even in a bad uh, pitcher's weather environment. Yeah, agreed. I just not 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 a not a fan of this game overall. I'll probably just move on from it. Like I said, I'll be mainly focusing on the Coors game. Uh, let's go to the next game on the slate: Atlanta Braves, Los Angeles Dodgers, and Alex Wood. I think he's gonna be the chalkiest pitcher, but he's a guy I'm gonna like too much. I think I'm just gonna load up on. I like the price. I think he won't kill me. I think he'll get give me enough upside. And then on the upside, Annabelle Sanchez, I think this is a spot where we can really load up on some lefties here and just kind of uh, see the regression come for Annabelle Sanchez and get some Dodgers exposure. What do you think about that? Yeah, Dodgers are a good play. I don't think I'm using Alex Wood. I'm worried about him going later on to the game. If I was looking at cash, I'd probably end up with him. And, like, if I get afforded more than but chances are I'm just paying down on someone like German or even Matt and avoiding wood just because there are too many other good bats on the slate. I'm probably stacking the Braves. The Braves are the best off the – you want to do something weird on a four-game slate, and the Braves have a powerful enough lineup with two left – with a lefty in it, Freeman, who can hit lefties well and who not as many people as should roster him in this entire slate. So I'm probably going hard on the Braves here. I'm going on course. I'm going on the Braves to differentiate myself. And knowing that Woods is going to be highly owned, it's a double game theory aspect. Yeah, I actually don't hate that. The more you think about it, like I said, I'm not the game theory guy. And I was thinking maybe just go Dodgers and that would be a little different. You know, go a five-man Rockies with the three-man Dodgers. But I don't know. I can see people maybe just loading up on some of these lefties here. They've been hitting the ball really well and heated up. Jock James is going to be so highly owned. I know. I love Jock. He's the ball lately. He's treating me so well, man. I mean, I just want to keep going back to him. I had him today, too. So, uh, oh, that's tough. Uh, but I get it. Uh, you you like doing those crazy things. And I know you have to do something different on the four-game slate. So, I, I don't hate that call. I think it's definitely interesting. Uh, man, I don't know. I don't love this four-game slate, though. Definitely more interesting in the main, I guess you could say, the early slate. Uh, I think that's the one I'll be probably getting most of my exposure to. I think it's good to mention uh, exercise bankroll management on the late slate, Grant. Yep, yep, yep. Uh and probably don't play cash. Yeah, uh, if you I'm are not going to play cash, there's obvious routes. I think it's probably play wood. 
probably play German or Morton, depending on what you have, and then load up on Coors Bats. Now, I think I think it's a good night to you know play some tournaments, have a good time, but also you know spend some time with the family and do stuff like that because uh, we've been we've been cooped up in the house watching basketball and playoffs uh, hockey this whole time. Uh, you know, spend some time with some people and enjoy. But uh, that wraps up the slate, Grant. But we can't get out of here yet. We got to do stacks of the day. Uh, I guess. Uh, it's tough. I guess we can break it up within slates. Let's start with the the late slate first here. Uh, who would you – I mean, you and I – I know I normally take off the Rockies and I don't make it one of them, but then that would make it a three-game slate. I just think you and I are both on the Rockies and we're going to agree there and make that our stacks of the day. And I guess you could add the Braves for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Uh, stack the Rockies. If you want to go different, stack the Braves, depending on slate size or uh, contest size. Yeah, that's fair. Now let's get to the good slate, the early slate. Who are you stacking up, Grant? I know you said at the start of the pod, this isn't really a great sp- slate for stacking, and I kind of agree with you a little bit, but who would you stack if you had to? I mean, Nationals are up there, Toronto's up there, um, and Cleveland and off-the-board stack is going to be the all right, I, man. So I don't pay for the Indians enough, and I think I'm just going to force myself to do it. Uh, I'll definitely be defaulting probably to that that Sox game in general. I kind of like that White Sox Red Sox stack. Maybe just game stack it up and hope it really hits because I love targeting uh, you know those right handed bats against lefties. So uh, I'll go with White Sox Red Sox, and then the Indians. Those will be the stacks that I uh, really look to in tournaments. Think that they'll be interesting for sure. So, but that wraps up the slate, Grant. Thanks a lot for uh, joining me. Definitely uh, enjoyed having you on again. Summarize the slates in the day. Uh, what do you kind of think of it overall? Pitching's tough. You, it's not a good cash game slate for pitchers. So pick your bats where you should. Try not to buy into too much shock unless you're on the late slate, and that's pretty much it. Yep, sounds like a good one, Grant. Let's get on out of here. Let's get the people, uh, you know, get on with their day and get on with making their lineups. Thanks a lot for joining us, guys. I'll be back on later uh, later on uh, Saturday night. We'll be doing it uh, kind of early to be able to get the content out for you. I'll be having uh, Will on. That's Chief Justice Zero uh, Six, and he made a Twitter account finally. Uh, he hasn't been on the Twitter machine, but he is finally uh, here. And I'll, I'll tweet out his uh, I'll tweet out his um, his handle later uh, that night. So be sure to give him a follow. And be sure to give Grant a follow. What's your uh, Twitter handle, Grant? Uh, Genie for 07. Real original. My first initial, my last name, the year I graduated high school. And now you know what Grant's age is if you want to figure it out. And I am at Travis Mangone. It's T-R-A-V-I-S-M-A-N-G-O-N-E. Thanks a lot for joining us, guys. We'll be back again tomorrow. And we are out of here. See you, kids. Lowe's knows you'll do it right to find the right gifts for dad this Father's Day. We do it right, too, with deals that'll make dad as proud as his perfectly seared steak and his perfectly manicured lawn. Now get a Charbroil 4-Burner Advantage Series gas grill for just $169 and pick up your choice of Craftsman gas or electric string trimmer for only $99 each. Make this Father's Day his best one yet and do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Charbroil offer valid through 612, Craftsman offer valid through 619, U.S. only. Lowe's knows you'll do it right to find the right gifts for dad this Father's Day. We do it right, too, with deals that'll make dad as proud as his perfectly seared steak and his perfectly manicured lawn. Now get a Charbroil 4-Burner Advantage Series gas grill for just $169 and pick up your choice of Craftsman gas or electric string trimmer for only $99 each. Make this Father's Day his best one yet and do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Charbroil offer valid through 612, Craftsman offer valid through 619, U.S. only. 